It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Go Blue, everyone, and welcome to episode 194 of the Three Point Podcast. The game, it's over, and Michigan punched Ohio State in the mouth, and now on to Indy. MSU finished off a nice 10-2 season with a snowy win over Penn State, and the Lions, well... What do you expect? A turkey day dud. We'll bask in the glory of the Wolverines win with Blue by 90s Justin Rowe in just a little bit and looking forward to that. But I got to tell you about our championship team and they include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5, the castle. We're going to get into the big game for sure, but uh, our young man starting out his career had uh, a couple of busy days down at Ford Field, and some of those games definitely didn't disappoint, did they? No. Uh, the, the two biggest games of the weekend that kind of stood out or jumped off the screen were definitely the Division Four final, which was between Hudsonville, Unity Christian, and, uh, and uh, excuse me, you're drawing uh, a Chelsea. Blank, Chelsea. And what happened was, so Hudsonville Unity Christian was like coming into the game, the big storyline was this team's offense. And they have two twin brothers, uh, the Chandler brothers, that are like running tall, lanky, you know, like kind of like Deshaun Watson looking uh, players. One's like a running back, the other one's a quarterback. And of course, starting the game, they are almost set the record for the MHSA total points scored in a the season. They actually set it like in the second quarter, and uh, they went on to go up like 52 to 24, you know, up by about 28 points. And then just uh, kind of like what happened to Michigan and Michigan State, where there was like 10 do or die plays for Chelsea to mount this like crazy comeback. Two fumbled handoffs in the backfield for Chelsea. Uh, uh, or for a Unity Christian, excuse me, and then Chelsea had one receiver drawing a blank on his name right now. He had, he, had the, he set the record for most receiving touchdowns in the game with five, and then their quarterback had six passing touchdowns. And then it all came down to a last-second field goal with three seconds left. They kicked it, and the kid made it. And it was just an incredible, incredible moment, way to cap off the Friday night. But it was a long day. I mean, you're there at 6 a.m., and then that game, everything, every game was running long, it felt like, all weekend. 
So we didn't get out of there till about 12:30 on Friday night, just to be back right at 6 a.m. the next day. But it was a great weekend. Uh, another big storyline I would say was Dan Roan and Warren De La Salle. They're so freaking good. Dan Roan already had five state titles at Grand Rapids West Catholic. Now he goes to Warren De La Salle, arguably the best. Uh, facilities and uh, talent pool that there is in the entire state. Like, don't be surprised if they win seven or eight of the next ten state titles in Division Two. They blew out Traverse City Central by it was a running clock by halftime. Absolutely incredible. Uh, and then the last game of the weekend, the big one to note: Dewitt and MLK. It lived up to the hype. Neither of the quarterbacks played bad games. Ty Holt, you know, it didn't have his best game throwing. He had two interceptions and a pick six, but. He was play, he played safety all year, and then they threw. They knew they needed him on defense against the MLK offense. That he had a pick six, and I think he ended up with like eight or nine tackles. So he played great, uh, just all around game, and still made some big time throws down the stretch to get him all the way down to a fourth and one with two minutes left, and MLK stuffed him. And it was a pure. It was not one of those like, oh, did he get in? Didn't he get in? No, just straight up stuff right on the goal line, like Mike Winchell Friday Night Lights style. So it was a great weekend, and. I'm already counting on the days until next high school football season. I can't wait. So it sounds like clearly you you enjoyed yourself. It, it, you were still doing a lot of work, so we don't want to act like you were just kicking back watching the games, you know, like a fan. But did right. it give you like a, a you know, a kind of a different appreciation? Because you've been talking about it all year since you've really been getting involved with, you know, your new job and everything, seeing the, like, production side of it. Obviously you've been a fan, yeah. you've been watching sports your whole life, but now you're seeing – because now I'm, I'm thinking back to when I started. You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Now I've been doing it for a decent amount of time. Got a pretty good understanding of how the production works, go, what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah, I mean, you're, you've seen it all now. You just saw the whole weekend of high school football, you know, state title games in Michigan. I mean, is it, does it give you, like, a different appreciation for all that kind of stuff? You know, more than just when you were a fan. Oh, yeah, 100%. Here's the thing that's cool about it, and we know, you've noticed that if you ever watch state finals on, you know, formerly Fox Sports Detroit or Valley, is is they put their best people on it, and they don't cut costs, they don't cut corners when it comes to the state finals. I mean, for the majority of those football Friday games, we had a truck that maybe could hold, like, six workers, uh, but for the finals, I mean, we had, like, 12, 13, 14 people in a professional truck, you know, at Ford Field with a lot of people working on the field, you know, doing interviews before the game with the players after the game. It, it's a, quite a production. And so it was just cool to see that. And, I mean, what would you guys say? I mean, Ted, probably you, since you have paid attention to high school football this long, I mean, have you always been happy with kind of the production value that is the state finals, you know, on Fox Sports Detroit or Valley Sports? Because I've always thought that it was awesome, and I think it's important to a lot of Michigan people. And it's cool that I was able to be a part of it, and you saw the amount of, like, care that they do put into it. You oh. know, it's not – they don't just cut the corners. No, 100%, Jared. I mean, I think, uh, you know, probably most states have the same kind of thing for the finals, but I think uh, starting with Fox Sports Detroit and now with Bally Sports Detroit, uh, the production values are just unbelievably well done. I mean, the talent that you have on the air is is solid and top-notch, and, and the video production, the, the different stories that you come up with. I know you were, you were spending part of your Thanksgiving, in fact, a big part of your Thanksgiving, <laughs> prepping for Friday's games. I give you credit for that, man. That's a dedicated employee right there, but I know what it, it takes a lot. You know, I mean, I'm just a, a peon radio guy, but I put a lot of stuff, a lot
lot of effort into what I do, and I can only imagine, you know, between Matt, you at ESPN, and Jared at Valley Sports Detroit, what goes into it because you can't afford mistakes. I mean, I can cover up mistakes on the radio. You can't when you're putting some video out there for, you know, literally millions of viewers. Right, and here, it, it, I guess the thing that, that I've always appreciated, and, I, like, I'll tell my roommate all the time, like, stories, behind-the-scenes stories about, like, stuff that happens on TV. You know, for example, like, during the uh, – Isaiah Stewart and LeBron James fight. You know, I was working that game for Pistons oh. in the truck, and it's just cool seeing, like, all the behind-the-scenes stuff that ended up going viral, like, on, you know, on Twitter the next day or that night. Uh, that's, like, right from, like, I know why they're cutting to this certain camera angle or that certain camera angle. And you see tweets all the time, like, Fox College Football, you know, even with the Michigan game, you know, they're complaining all the time about the replays and not getting them in. And it's kind of funny seeing it from that point of view because you do start to notice, like, man, they do kind of miss, a lot of a lot of replays, and they maybe aren't as good of a crew as what like ABC would normally have. But you just learn to appreciate it. And can we just talk about Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson? I don't know about you guys, Matt. I know you're an ESPN guy. I'm not sure if you're allowed to say this or not, but <laughs> I would love it if those guys call every Michigan game for the rest of my lifetime. They are Michigan men through and through, and they've earned earned it in my book. No, they're they're when it comes to uh, I know I've, I've criticized Gus Johnson. You know, I'm not the biggest fan. But when it comes to calling a big-time college football game, I mean, they're right there with Herbie and Fowler. And, you know, Herbie and Fowler, I think, are the best in the business when it comes to calling a college football game. But Gus Johnson, I mean, yeah, sometimes, you know, he maybe gets a little overexcited. But in a game like Michigan-Ohio State, you know, especially with how that game was going, I mean, he was – every. I went back and listened to so many of his calls, and it just gives you chills because, you know, the energy he puts into it. And then Joel Klatt, obviously – because he, he, I'm not going to say he's a Michigan fan, but he clearly, you know, respects Harbaugh and he likes Michigan. So when Michigan's playing well, you know, that gives it. But he's like a great analyst, too. That's the thing. Like, right. he's not just a fanboy. Like, his, his analysis of the game, like, like Herbie, when you listen to Herbie and Klatt, like, break down a game or, you know, during a game when they talk about a play or whatever, it's, like, informative. You feel like you're learning something when you listen to them. So. So, no, they, they did awesome. I know we'll probably talk about that a little later, but I just wanted to say real quick, you're, you're talking about, like, seeing, seeing the game from the other side, like the production, when, when you see people on Twitter or, you know, when you're, if you're talking to friends, why isn't Fox or why isn't ESPN or whatever going to these replays or why are they going to so many commercial breaks or whatever? It is very interesting to see from the other side because you know why, especially, like, now that I've been doing these live game productions a lot, and, Jared, you've been seeing it too, I mean, you, these productions, they go into the game with X amount of commercial breaks they have to burn, all those promos, you know, when it's, like, in between series. Right. You see, like, coming up next on Fox is blah, 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 show, <laughs> or coming up next next weekend is this, you know, basketball tournament. All those promos, you they have to get those in. Like, there's a sheet. You've got 15 promos you have to get in. You've got all these breaks you have to burn. So there's people keeping track of all that. So when there's an injury or when there's, like, a break in play, they talk about that. Let's go to break. Let's burn this break. Let's burn this promo. Let's do all this. So that's why that happens. Yeah, it's frustrating as a fan when they're going to break all the time, but they got to pay those bills. I mean, that's what's, that's what's paying Fox. That's what's paying ESPN or, you know, whatever. And then with the replays, the same thing, because I've been doing these – I've been running replay for these games. Sometimes you just don't have it. Like, there will be – a play will happen, and it's a, like, toe barely out of bounds. Or, you know, in basketball, it's – it's a charge or, you know, some crazy block or, you know, whatever the play is. And every dude, every every person running replays, looking at their cameras, scroll, scroll, look, 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 do I have yep. it? Sometimes you just don't have it. 
I mean, sometimes the cameras were, like, panning around or it was blocked by a referee or, you know, something like that. So while the fans at home, and, you know, I, I definitely do my fair share of complaining about replays, but it, when, when you're sitting there, you're like, how can you not show this replay? What is going on? Maybe <laughs> they just didn't have it, you know? Maybe the, the, the production just didn't have it. So it, it's just I, it's cool to hear you say that because it, it is cool. And I'm, I'm obviously I like doing that stuff. So, um it's cool to, you know, like see the production from that side. All right, well, i got to jump in. I mean, you guys are the pros, and, and you broke down the technical aspect of this very well. And we're going to talk about the game. But I want to talk about the TV broadcast, a couple things. Uh, clap, when Michigan uh, were up by a touchdown, ready to pound in the second touchdown, on first down inside the 10-yard line, he says, oh, Michigan's got to go to the pass. And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And then, of course, you know, we get McNamara's only interception. That's just a, one little criticism. You can't really, really say that Clatt should be fired for that, but I'm going, are you kidding me? They're pounding it right down their throats. But back to the video thing, there was at least two or three situations in that game that I know they had video replay capabilities, and maybe they were coming up on a break, but shouldn't they have shown it? Like, let's say the, the uh, non- uh, interference on the punt returned by Michigan. And then there was also a near catch at the sideline. We never got one replay of the of the, the play itself. It was just called incomplete. And it would have been nice to see if he even had his foot close to it. I mean, don't they – I mean, if there is video available and you come out of a commercial, don't you show that replay? Or is it just a matter of sometimes the game has taken over and you've, you've lost that moment? I mean, I, I, I definitely think sometimes, like, if you come back from a break – if if the producer, you know, they're they're the one kind of making the call. If the producer doesn't think it's worth going to it, then yeah, maybe they won't go to it. What's funny is because I, I was at work uh, during the Michigan game, and I was watching like the 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 game broadcast, not not the broadcast everyone at home was seeing. Mm-hmm. I was watching the, you know like the feed the from the feed. truck, and during those commercial breaks, they were showing those replays. Uh-huh. Like they so obviously during the commercial break, the producer was saying. Hey everyone, cue up your replays of like the play you're talking about that interference on the punt and that Donovan Edwards catch or well it wasn't a Non-catch, catch yeah. um, down the sidelines there. They looked at him and like they, the producer must have just said like not worth going to it. Okay. Because yeah. yeah, as a Michigan fan for sure, it was like how do you not show these replays? Because that catch looked <laughs> like it was like a bang bang catch, and then that interference like it 100 for 100 percent. I think it was AJ Henning got interfered with on that punt. So yeah. But that's what it comes down to, too, Jared. I mean, I know you, you see it, too. Sometimes the producer, that, that's why they get paid what they do. They make those calls. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that truck to see why they don't do stuff like that. You know, that's why I've always thought it would be so cool to work on a game like that. Because <laughs> it really is a cool, like, you wouldn't think, like, you see my old, like, it's kind of nerdy, like, they're in the truck, this or that. But when you actually, like, are in that truck, it is, like, a pretty fun way to watch the game. I mean, Matt said it. He's watching the truck feed. How did you even watch that? Yeah. What do you mean you were watching the truck feed? Well, we get we get all the like the they're called frame stores, but we get all the the truck feeds of all the games. So I mean, sometimes like you know we could watch it over air, you know, like Fox or ABC or right. whatever. But yeah, we we get all the raw feeds just in case oh, like yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, if they if they feed something down during the break, that way we have it. So even though the game is on Fox, how does so how does that so that's just for like highlights and stuff or what is the? It's just a deal that you know ESPN has because they you know as they pay oh, for okay. the rights to so like the thing is with college football ESPN pays for the rights for all college football but like for Major League Baseball Major League Baseball is insanely strict with their video 
we don't get those feeds for Major League Baseball because the only video you can use is what's shown on TV. So, like, you can only show, like, whatever is shown on Valley Sports Detroit or, you know, whatever the channel is, Fox. But with college football, because ESPN does have rights to all that, even if it is on Fox, um, anything that's shown, we, we can cut for a highlight or whatever. But that is like, it, it's, you know, it, it does kind of suck sometimes to be at work during a, yeah. during a big game like that. But then at the same time, sometimes it, it's kind of cool because I'm sitting there watching that and I, I get to see some of that behind-the-scenes stuff, I guess. That's pretty awesome. And I will say this. I did it again, boys. I recorded both game day on ESPN and the Fox uh, pregame show. Watched every bit of both of them before kickoff. Uh, and, you know, I can say this. I don't know if Matt can comment that much, but, you know, obviously game day with their crew, Herbie, and, you know, and uh, everybody involved with that, including LC. It's it's really really good, but I I got to give credit to Fox as well. They have an excellent pregame show. It, it gets some legitimacy to me when they bring Charles Woodson on, you know, for this game. It was it was awesome, and both shows were really really good. I thought. Yeah, they they're both always good. I mean, college game day can't go wrong. I mean, college game day is king. We know that, right? But yeah, like I mean, it's all, you got the perfect. I need to start like I need to bring a pad and a paper and come to your house on like a big game day, either NFL or their college and just like write down notes of how you watch TV. Cause you, you really got it like dialed down to a science, how to maximize your TV viewing pleasure. And I can appreciate it because we all spend a lot of times watching TV. <laughs> you might as well plan it out, you know, a couple weeks in advance, how, how exactly you're going to watch it. Cause it's worth it. You would be amazed how I do this one, but it's, it, it drives my wife crazy, but I just tell her, leave the room. I'm going to take care of this TV. <laughs> It's all mine today. Now, Jared, you know, and we're going to talk about the game, obviously. We've got a special guest coming up, and we're going to break down our feelings of it. But, uh, you know, you had the the high school games. I've been there myself when it's been Michigan-Ohio State Day. And, uh, you know, this was one game. I know Matt and I, we are so lucky and thankful we were able to just hunker down and enjoy every minute of it. I know you were very – you were working, in fact, in your instant video, which, by the way – I mean, we do pretty well with that. We had almost 5,000 views, I noticed, on our quick little little videos. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive, and I think everybody wanted to hear our thoughts on the game. And you came right out and said, hey, I didn't see it, but here's my thoughts. That was classic. So so what it feel like where you couldn't tune in? That's kind of weird. I, seriously, I'm not going to lie. It's depressing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't watch a single snap of that while it was actually going on. I was watching it, you know, watching the game cast on right. my phone. Uh, but didn't really have a login. Even if I had a login, wouldn't have really been able to pay that close of attention to it. Right. Um, but what a game. I, I watched the highlights as soon as I got home, stayed up until about 2 a.m. on uh, Saturday night, watching the highlights over and over again on YouTube and all the post-game you know, talk and everything, and just absorbing it all in. But my question to you guys before we maybe jump right into it is, uh, what was the one play that you felt like, because that's always what, that's the, that's what sticks with you, you know, in 10 years, 15 years, the one play that kind of felt like we solidified the win or where you were, you jumped out of your couch. Like, what was that play for you guys? Oh, there's no doubt to me. I don't know if Matt's the same. It's the, uh, it's the fake uh, pass to the left and then the Statue of Liberty slot sweep for the first touchdown. I mean, that right there, I go, F yes. Here we go, boys. <laughs> no, that was, that was incredible because, we know, like, you know, all season, one criticism has been Michigan, when they get into the red zone, you know, maybe starts to get stuck in mud a little bit. So to see them pull that play out, they've probably been practicing it since the spring. Mm-hmm. They, they probably have had that in their back pocket for the Ohio State game, and they busted it out and executed it perfectly. 
but like it was still that feeling of like okay there's a long way to go for me it was the start of the second half when they they forced Ohio State to go three and out and then that very next drive they went three plays three run plays mm-hmm. touchdown run by Corum like 50 yard yep. run by Corum and then a 20 yard touchdown run by Haskins or whatever that was like we made you go three and out and then we just punched you in the mouth the three straight run plays I uh, I was feeling pretty good after that. I was starting to be like, man, I think we got this. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get let's get a little bit more into it. Uh, I mean, I've been waiting to go on this podcast. We're recording this Monday night. As I mentioned in a text to you guys that, man, it's too bad Jared had to work because we could have put together an all-time special immediately after that game and, and rattled on for about three hours, and I'm not sure we could have talked clearly. We'd have been so excited. So let's get into a little recap of the Saturday victory over the Buckeyes right after this. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. JJ's Excavating and Tree Services can help you with many homeowner items including skid steer work, footings, and gravel work along with property maintenance. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service also experts in tree removals including stump grinding. Fully insured, no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of JJ's at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him 3 Point Podcast sent you. Kendall Drugs in Corona are there for you. They take special care of all patients because they could be your mother, father, sibling, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew standing at the counter. Centrally located in the heart of Shiawassee County, right across from the courthouse. No insurance? No problem. Come on in and talk with Patrick Kendall, and he'll be happy to work with you and is very competitive on prices with no gouging. Now taking new patients and prescription transfers. Stop in Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Kendall Drugs in Corona. Or give them a call at 989-720-4295. All right, guys. I mean, we kind of teed it up. Michigan 42, Ohio State 25. It really should have been 49 to 25. Could have been worse. I mean, uh, Ohio State receivers, they they had some catches that really were just unreal to even keep them in the game. Just right out of the gates. Michigan came out, punched them right in the face, and never looked back. No, you, they, yeah. you said it perfectly. They, they punched him in the mouth, and we've seen it in this game before, even like two years ago, or yeah, two years ago at the game at the big house where they came out and scored early again. Like, same, same idea. They, yep. they scored early, but then Ohio State just ran away with it. But this team, we've been saying it all year, this team is different with people like Aiden Hutchinson coming back basically to do this. We've said it all year. It appeared that uh, Jim Harbaugh was rejuvenated. You know, maybe back to his old self, you know, a little more fiery. He said it at Big Ten Media Days. They're going to beat Ohio State or die trying. Hassan Haskins <laughs> just, I mean, he just, Hassan Haskins is an absolute beast. Like, yes. when you talk about Marshawn Lynch being beast mode, that's Hassan Haskins. Like, I saw a stat, only three runs this whole season have resulted in negative yards for Hassan Haskins. That's insane. Three. Like, he is just uh, always getting positive yards. Even if it's one or two yards, he is never going backwards. 
it's guys like that. And, I mean, obviously Ojabo is just a stud. And just like everyone, everyone buying into this program, I feel like, just changed everything. And, I mean, the scene on the field at the big house after the game, I'm still still texting friends about it like it just happened. Like, like I don't, I'm still, like, smiling over it. I'll randomly, like, start thinking about this game and thinking, this might have just changed the trajectory of the program. I mean, this is that kind of win. We've been waiting so long for Michigan to finally beat Ohio State. And for them to beat them like that, like when you see that video in the, the hallway, the, you know, the tunnel of the big house, <laughs> and they're all just talking trash. And you, you said it, Jared. Yeah, I, like I forget exactly how it's worded, but when the rabbit has a gun, it's a little different. Michigan was the one with all the energy, and Ohio State looked like they were the ones backing down. I mean, I'm just talking about it. It's getting me fired up. It was it was such an awesome game to watch. Watching that video, Matt, it was like watch, It was like we were in an alternate universe. That's like so the opposite of everything I've seen my entire life. It, it's always been the other way around, where they have the Chase Youngs, the Justin Fields, and we seem like we are just like petrified of these guys. But, no, we punched him right in the mouth and bullied him. Like, what do you, what's the best way to take down a bully? Just sock him right in the mouth right at the start. John Madden, I think, is, is the quote actually saying to Jim Harbaugh, basically, this is the best offensive line performance he's ever seen. I mean, we really haven't given those guys much love this year. It, it really, sometimes it really can be the most important part of the game because you look at Stroud and, Ted, you said it, those, those OSU receivers, wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we can at least tip our caps to those guys. They were Garrett Wilson was making some absolutely incredible. They all made, like, incredible catches, and they all got theirs. And without some of those catches, they probably would have lost this game by 28 points or more. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, but, man, it was just so good to see, Cr- crazy to see. Still almost doesn't seem real. But what a great, great win. I mean, is this your guys' past year as number one, right? Even the whatever the 1969 victory was, Ted. I mean, how does this not go all the, all the way to the top? Oh, I mean, without a doubt. That's a, a long time coming. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, when I think about it, you know, the best days of my life, right? Uh, the birth of my daughter and granddaughters. Okay, that's number one. Number two, my weddings. Uh, number three, my divorce day. But number two B, Saturday. <laughs> I didn't expect that to get thrown in there. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm still on a high. I mean, you know, I was so excited, you know, and we wrapped it up with going out to Rivals and, and watching Chi-Town, and, man, I couldn't get the smile off my face. But it was just incredible. I mean, from the get-go, and I, I know what you're saying, Matt, you know, after that first touchdown, it, it, it was in the back of your mind, all right, what's going to happen? How is Ohio State going to get it? But Michigan never let off the throttle they went at it the whole way even after that interception that terrible interception the call wasn't the worst in the world because he did have uh he did have edwards on the little wheel route wide open and didn't see him but throw that play out it was complete domination for the most part it was and when you watch the replays well i I mean maybe it's because I, i played wide receiver in high school but i'm sure everyone appreciates it but i love when I see like a big run and there's a receiver 30 yards downfield yeah. still blocking, or there's a tight end that pulled around and he's you know getting out in front of the running back blocking, it, Jared, you said it about the offensive line was just completely dominant, but those runs too, receivers were downfield blocking, tight ends were downfield blocking. I mean, it honestly was like a, like a almost like a flawless performance, except for the the one turnover by McNamara. But I mean, it, that was. You know, people were saying, like, how did he make that throw? I don't know. Like, you're going for the juggernaut. Like, you're going for the jugular at that point. Like, you just got that big, you know, three and out or whatever, and then you could go up 14. I'm not, I'm not mad at him for make that throw. He was 
trying to make like a, a hell of a throw and it got I, picked off. Later. I, I was say I was mad at the time. I mean, they're running it right down their throats. I mean, I didn't see the need for it, but it didn't end up hurting yeah. them. So, I'll, yeah. I mean, but I will say, Gaddis was. We've been kind of shooting on Gaddis ever since he got hired. He's never really had a game like this where it felt like they were kind of clicking on all cylinders. Right. Uh, but he called a great game, and it, it, people will think, well, all they had to do was run the ball. But you'd be surprised at how many. I mean, we saw it in Huntsville Unity Christian versus Chelsea. How many coaches just get bored of cramming it down somebody's throat and they want to be like Chip Kelly or something and dial up some sweet play? No. Sometimes the best play is just keep handing it off. It sounds stupid. You think maybe they're finally going to stop it, but they just couldn't. They had zero, zero answers. I don't know about you guys, but I think maybe we buried the lead with maybe the coolest part of this game. It was like a Game of Thrones scene with the <laughs> snow and Aiden Hutchinson looked like he was a, uh, what, what were they called, Earthling or whatever the heck they're called in Game of Thrones, the Giants. Uh, <laughs> what a scene that was. They looked terrifying in the all-blue. I mean, Hutchinson especially, 15 pressures, the most ever recorded. Three sacks. Uh, if you remember when um, I went to like the Ohio State, like 2018 Ohio State at Michigan game where it was like Justin Fields and Chase Young, their like big year. I remember just how much, like, they just seemed like on a totally different talent, ability level, Justin Fields and Chase Young. I mean, I bet if I was there on the field on Saturday, that's exactly the, the takeaway you would have had was Aiden Hutchinson is bigger than everybody, he's faster than everybody, and he's just flat out better than everybody. I mean, I love that guy. The perfect leader, the perfect like guy to, that Jim Harbaugh needed for this program, just tough as nails and scary as hell, and I'm so thankful that he decided to come back another year. Yeah, it, it says a lot about the program that he did come back. Obviously, his dad played at Michigan, so he's like through and through maize and blue, and he wanted to make his stamp. He didn't want to leave Michigan without a you know a victory over Ohio State, Hell no. no Big Ten championship or you know anything like that. And he, you, you've seen everyone's seen all the interviews. He's talked about like from day one last spring, basically since he declared that he was coming back. He made everyone accountable. We've talked about it that yes, the coaching staff had to improve. But the players truly had to buy in. Like the coaches can only do so much. It's very important, obviously, to have great coaching. But you know they're not the ones out there on the field playing or like going 110 percent, going 30 yards downfield and still blocking or you know doing that kind of stuff. And this team clearly has 100 percent bought in. And I think it's players like Hutchinson and Cade McNamara. I mean, we we've talked about him a lot too. Yeah, he's not like lighting it up like Joe Joe Burrow a couple of years ago, but like. The dude's a leader. I mean, he's out there, made one bad throw. Okay, whatever, it happens. But then he didn't, like, fold. He kept going out there. Even J.J. McCarthy coming in for the couple plays that he did, he, you know, he went out there and did his job. So it really is, like, it was a complete team effort, um, like, all around. It was, like, one of the – I mean, I don't even know how to – it was one of the best games I've ever watched in, like, any sport. Like, NBA, when the Lakers have won titles or when the Tigers were making their run to the World Series. Ted, I know you could probably, 84 World Series for the Tigers, probably pretty high up there. But, like, you know, watching this game, it was like from start to finish, I was just, like, adrenaline and pumped up. And they were, it wasn't just, like, a boring game. You know, they were making big throws, and the defense was awesome. And then just you kind of mentioned it, the atmosphere at the big house. Oh. The snow falling was, like, just so cool. The blue-on-blue uniforms in that snow was just, like, it was just, like, beautiful to see that. The crowd was into it. You know, the Michigan crowd, you know, rightfully so, used to take its criticism for sitting on their hands. They were just electric the whole time. I mean, it was 
like it was just start to finish one of the one of the coolest games I've ever watched. Yeah, I'm right with you there. Uh, it you know yeah I was around in '69. I remember that game, but I was still pretty young. I was in high school, or no, I was in junior high. But it, <laughs> this is this game here probably tops the list. You know, just by. It, it, you know, Ohio State. I mean, they won 15 out of the last 16 against Michigan. And you're exactly right. The atmosphere was absolutely phenomenal. What was it? Matt Leinert said uh, the atmosphere around the stadium and the whole day was the best he's ever seen. He's been in a lot of awesome. different places. And the fans weren't sitting on their ass. I mean, I talked to a couple people that were at the game. They said they were standing from start to finish. And the other thing I noticed there wasn't a ton of red in the stands. I think the Michigan fans, for the most part, there was some. It looked like they sold their tickets to Buckeyes, but not like in the past. They came to support this team. And one final comment on the game when you brought up Cade McNamara, because I was going to bring him up. You know, both you and I, Matt, were receivers in high school. Jared, the quarterback, and we know how important it is to have a good quarterback. Listen, Cade McNamara, and we've talked about it all season long you know, about managing the game, but I think we're past that. I think I think he is going down as, you know, a, just a Michigan quarterback, a, a very good Michigan quarterback. I mean, you look in 97, you know, Brian Greasy, he was a good quarterback too. Would you would you say he was All-American? No, but he, he ran that team. He did what he had to do, and that's what McNamara is doing. And McNamara now has a chance to do the same thing Greasy did and maybe – get a national championship, and it's right there for the taking. You can't have a letdown after that Ohio State game. It's awful tough to not have a letdown, but let's just have the letdown today on Monday and now <laughs> get your game face on for the rest of the week. I mean, can we talk about – how about the fact that we were right about Harbaugh? Just think about it. That's exactly. why I really was so happy about this game is there's a lot of us who were, on the, were living and dying on Harbaugh where basically if he didn't resurrect this program, it just never was going to happen. Right. And the, the fact that he was actually able to do it, actually able to do it, because you're lying if you didn't wonder to yourself, like, is he actually ever going to be able to do this? Is he who we thought he was? And he just proved that he was. We were exactly right about this guy. A few bad breaks, kind of crazy games that kind of screwed him over and cost him an Ohio State team that was on an unreal tear for a really long time. Uh, but can we talk about Ward Manuel? I mean, yes. he's a sort of the unsung hero tier too. A lot of athletic directors would have fired this guy last year. Like some idiots would have just fired him right at the first sign of trouble. You know that he probably got a lot of pressure from some boosters to do that, and he did it. And we talked about those all blue uniforms. We finally have figured out the Michigan uniform problem. My our whole lives they've been horrible uniforms. They've had these <laughs> awesome helmets that they never could put a pair of, a good pair of jerseys and pants with. And they finally have done that pretty much every single week this year. Uh, and then the change to the like the all matte blue on the helmet, it's just he's done a great job. And sometimes you forget about how important those higher-up roles are. And he just gave Jim his full support. And <laughs> last thing I'll say, how about Jawan after the game? Oh. I mean, I tweeted a hashtag Jawan inspires. Him and Harbaugh just getting together and just absolutely loving it. I just love that those guys are both so lock and step, and they're both rooting for each other so hard. They're at each other's games all the time. Uh, just who would you rather want leading the, the uh, both the basketball program and the football program for the next 10 years other than that? I would say we have the best duo in the entire country other than maybe Nate Oates and Nick Saban in Alabama. I mean, who would you put above them? I don't see anyone. I mean, obviously Michigan State fans would right away snap, but you, you can't say Mel Tucker. Obviously there's still a lot of unknown around him. 
But, uh, you know, obviously they would probably have something to say about that. But, no, I'm right with you. When I saw that, like, embrace, when Jawan, like, found Harbaugh and, you know, he basically said, like, they they said you couldn't beat Ohio State. What now? And Harbaugh was, like, punching him in the chest. It was just like, dude, this is so awesome, man. These, this is like, I know the whole old school Michigan man thing maybe is a tad played out. But, like, if you want to say, like, those are Michigan men, I mean, those are two Michigan men right there. Like, those are dudes that, I mean, they, they ask Jawan all the time. Like, he could have had basically any NBA coaching job. Harbaugh obviously could have had basically any NFL coaching job. But they went back to Michigan because they love Michigan so much and they want to coach there, they want to succeed there, and they want to bring championships, you know, to Michigan. So, yeah, it's just so cool to see. But, no, and I think what's cool, too, you mentioned Ward Manuel. We're seeing all these contracts being thrown out, mentioning Mel Tucker, $100 million deal. Uh, Jimbo Fisher obviously has a huge deal. Uh, who just got another? Oh, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. Riley. Yeah, Lincoln Riley just got that ridiculous deal out at USC. James Franklin just got a hundred million dollar deal at Penn State, and you know I'm curious to see that, especially if Michigan goes to the college football playoff. I bet Harbaugh gets a little restructured deal. But think about it, they they gave him a pay cut and an incentive based contract, and it almost makes me think, why don't more of these schools do these incentive based contracts? Because we just saw Ed Orgeron got bought out at, at LSU, seventeen million dollars to buy him out. Dan Mullen got bought out at Florida. $12 million to buy him out. And, like, it, so it's almost kind of like what is really the, uh, like, what's the incentive for, for these coaches when you have these buyouts? Harbaugh, he, he got $500,000 for winning the Big Ten East. If they win the Big Ten this weekend and go to the college football playoff, he gets another million and a half. So it's kind of like this is how contracts probably really should be. Like, give these coaches, give them the carrot dangling in front of their face. You know, go get these goals and make more money actually winning games so no, I, I, everything about it man is just so cool i love it yeah with all that being said i mean i don't know about you matt but hey let's extend this guy get him a 10-year yeah. 100 and 100 million dollar deal let's let's have him finish his career here i've seen enough i need him yeah and i don't know if they're gonna go that far i thought i just saw something that uh there's a five-year contract deal on the table i could you know maybe that's just a rumor but i'm all in i mean listen we look at it now, and we've been on Harbaugh's side the whole way. Now he's made it over the hump, right? The recruits are going to keep coming. You know, they got that mental block out of the way. Are they going to dominate Ohio State? No, but you know what? I don't think they're ever going to go for another uh, losing fifteen out of sixteen either. I think it's. I think we, we got ourselves a, a Bow and Woody thing going here for the next ten years. Yeah. No, Harbaugh. What, Harbaugh. What a post. I've always wanted to see Harbaugh in a post game presser. After a huge win like that, and he just seems like such a changed guy. We've harped on it all year, this whole season. There's no surprise that this is the year they finally broke through when it finally seemed like they were actually having fun. Like It was this jolt of life bringing in these guys. Thank you, John Harbaugh, for sending us your yes. Ravens staff because <laughs> you, saved our, you saved our ass. You really did. Uh, but, no, Harbaugh, I mean, he's having fun. He's, everything about him has been awesome. But all, all in all, I'm here for – a Harbaugh extension. Let's keep this guy in Ann Arbor uh, as long as he'll stay. Um, <laughs> I just love everything about him. It, it's so it's like so heartwarming to see him finally break through because man, it, we had a lot of dark days there. I mean, we were we watched it as fans and we were depressed. I can't imagine what it was like living those games <laughs> and the way they lost. Yeah. Well, our listeners can tell we're excited because we're Wolverine <laughs> fans and we had to put up with a lot, some tough end of seasons you know throughout the Harbaugh reign so far so it's just supremely fun 
to get that win against Ohio State on Saturday. Just, uh, you know, the thrill keeps on going, man. The thrill of victory, that's what it's all about. Yep, and you, and you kind of mentioned it. I know we'll, we'll be bringing on Justin Rowe from Blue by 90 here in a minute, but, you know, they, yes, as amazing as that, that was on Saturday, you, you still you want to achieve more now that you're here, right? 100%. Big championship, Ten championships right there. You don't want to slip up. You win that, you go to the college football playoff. So, as amazing as it was to beat Ohio State, and it really was, you can't slip up now. you got to keep going. Well, we'll talk a little bit more Wolverine football if our Spartan fans are still hanging with us, which, by the way, they did uh, They did beat Penn State 30-27. to Kenneth Walker bounced back with 138 yards. Thorne had another good game. And uh, the big key in that game was, man, was it hard to watch that game and see Penn State in the white and all that snow. I can't believe how much snow they had during that game. No, it was actually it was kind of a cool game it to was. watch on TV because of that. I, I get what you're saying. But, like, just classic – it was just like a classic snow game football. Yep. You know, obviously with Penn State with the all-whites made it hard to see, but it was a fun game to watch for sure. Yeah, and again, uh-huh. Coach Tucker, you got to give him some credit for bouncing back after that debacle against Ohio State. They still – you know, they beat a pretty good Penn State team. Listen, I don't know. It, once you get your, your doors blown off like they did so embarrassingly right at the very end of the season like that, when you were a top-10 team, it's not like you were, you know – some a, a jump start team that was up and coming. I mean, this was your year to really capitalize. After that, I don't really care what they do. Big win against Penn State, who cares? We've had a million of those seasons. <laughs> At the end of the day, you just forget about them and move on to next year. Jared's taking a little jab. I, I will say this. It, it is always funny to see how after Michigan beat Penn State, a lot of the, the narrative from Michigan State fans and some other people was, you know, ah, you know, Penn State's a little down this year, injuries, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But then when Michigan State beats Penn State, it's like, you know, they took him to the woodshed and we just <laughs> beat James Franklin and all that stuff. So it's kind of, it's always funny to see the, the the different sides of it. Pretty typical. Pretty typical. Can we talk about the Heisen race, though? I mean, it, like, it, it seems like is Hutchinson in this thing all of a sudden? Like, is he actually in this thing or is that just Michigan Twitter? overflowing my feed and thinking that it's actually like a uh, actual narrative that's yeah, out there. My gut feel it's what, my gut feels in a, Iowa. Yeah. This might be the year to make a defensive player the Heisman winner. It, because there is no one else that's really stepped out of the pack. There's no one at all. Kenneth Walker, how how was he a Heisman winner when in the biggest game of the year they got blanked and he had five carries? I, how do you look past that? That just happened a week ago. It's not like that was the first week of the season or something. And these other quarterbacks, they've none of them have had Heisman moments. I don't look at uh, Alabama's quarterback and think he's a Heisman. I think, oh, he's got you know Batman's tool belt with all those weapons he's got around him. And if you take that away, maybe he's not that good. It's that. It's just where are we going with this Heisman race? Is Hutchinson actually in this thing? I mean, personally, I, I really think it, it will be won this weekend. Whether it maybe is Hutchinson, I mean, I think he has a legitimate shot. Or even Haskins. Haskins could get himself up there. If he has another 180 yards, three or four touchdowns, you know, to win the Big Ten title, he could get up in there. I do think, as amazing as Walker was, I feel like he probably has fallen out. He might still get an invite to New York, but I, I think he's fallen out. Um, but I do think Bryce Young, you know, the quarterback for Alabama, if he goes out there and has a huge game and they beat Georgia, I, I think that, that could be a Heisman moment for him. But, no, I, think, I honestly think Hutchinson and Haskins – if they have like just huge games in Indy, they definitely could could be up there for the Heisman. You know, the Michigan guy in me says 
either one of them should be in contention for it. I just don't know if there, if there was enough nas- national publicity. Unless one of these guys really lights it up this weekend, I doubt it. But uh, the thing that bothered me was it, I don't I don't remember what the national award is for defensive player of the year or defensive lineman of the year. But Hutchinson wasn't even nominated. How'd that happen? Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are wondering the same thing. I mean, you know, who knows? I don't know if it's writers or, or whoever like puts puts the nominees in there. Right. But no, he that that's just like blasphemous that he wasn't up for that award. It's a joke. Who well, comes up with that shit? Like, you just got to wonder it sometimes. Even yeah. before this Ohio State game, dude, he was still like the number two uh, upcoming draft pick. Like, how he's right. not even on their radar. How does that work? I don't know. Prejudiced against Michigan, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that with our next guest, Justin Rowe, and we'll get into some more of his thoughts on the game right after this. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and, might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. All right, guys. Well, we got a few of our thoughts out. We could probably go for another hour or two on that, <laughs> that Michigan-Ohio State game. But we wanted to bring a guest on and get his thoughts, especially because he was at the big house for the game. Justin Rowe from the Blue by 90 podcast. He's been on our podcast before, but if you haven't checked out their stuff, be sure to search out Blue by 90 on social media because these guys, they put out a lot of great work and they've got a lot of really cool merch to check out. So definitely search out Blue by 90. But Justin, thanks for joining us. And first of all, have you even come down off your high from that game or what? I have not. And I, it's funny you say that because I was just texting with a friend and he said, I'm still on cloud nine. And I feel like I've had that same conversation with about every Michigan fan that I know in the past 24, 48 hours. So I think we're all in, uh, in that spot right now and until Saturday, you know? No, I'm definitely uh, in the same spot because still texting, like, my friends, like, like I, I told these guys when we were talking, still texting friends like the game just happened and it's and we're now two we're two days past you know the game ending so no just an awesome obviously win for michigan but as i mentioned you were at the game so uh i we got to know we we saw it through the tv as amazing as it looked on tv you know the atmosphere the crowd the snow you know all that kind of stuff the crowd storming the field after the game how, how amazing was it? Just, I don't know, set it up. How awesome was it at the Big House on Saturday? You know, I've been to a lot of games at the Big House. I, I've been to just about every game since 2009 or so. I'm still young. I'm 29, not 30 yet. So I haven't, you know, I wasn't <laughs> there during the 90s uh, or, or even the early 2000s as a youngster. But, you know, I... I was there for Notre Dame, the first night game under the lights, and that was absolutely electric. But I truly think was the best atmosphere the Big House has seen in two decades, probably, from what I've seen, what I've talked to other people, from what they've seen. The reason why is it wasn't just, you know, the ending of the game. It wasn't just a couple plays here and there. It was from... The moment the ball was kicked off till after we were storming the field and all the way through it, it was every single play, whether it was second and four in the 
middle of the second quarter or it was the biggest third or fourth down at the end of the game. Every single person was standing, cheering as loud as they can, going nuts, and Pump It Up was the most electric thing (laughs) of all time. And the best part about it was that it got louder and louder each time, and for them to play it six times was just unbelievable. It was just a crazy atmosphere. I've never experienced anything like it. And you saw a lot of other people say the same. I think the best uh, person to talk about it was Matt Leiner saying it's the best college football atmosphere he's ever seen. Do you guys know a couple games, uh, big games, that Matt Leiner has been a part of? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Did, how long did you stay after the game? Did you did you go down on the field? Were you a part of the uh, field storming? I was. I was in the past or in the last about two minutes. I started making my way down, going to, creeping <laughs> towards the uh, field, and then as soon as it went, we all just rushed the field together. And I was on the field for quite some time. I hugged Jake Moody and and said, "You did it, man! You did it!" And it was. It was just a special moment for everybody. I will say it was like it was insanity on the field. Just everyone in a, essentially a mosh pit. You really couldn't move a whole lot, but everyone's so happy. I was hugging every stranger I could, high fiving, doing it all. It was really the, the atmosphere and, and down on the field. It was a euphoric moment because the snow started coming down at the perfect time and created the snow globe effect it like everything opened up for it to be that magic moment at the end was the lighting at i don't know if you've seen any of the highlights but it looked like it was like uh uh something out of like game of thrones or something like that with the lighting uh actually at the game was it like that uh the same thing we saw on tv where it was like almost gray and Michigan looked like they were wildlings or something from Game of Thrones wearing the all-blue uniforms. Is that how it felt uh, at the actual stadium? It did feel a little bit different, especially as the game went on. You know, the snow kept coming all game, but it really started coming down more in that fourth quarter. And then it just felt like, I mean, they had to have felt themselves like warriors, right? It felt like something where it was like, they not only were battling that giant, but they were battling the elements as well. And they, it was it was something to watch. But it was a it's that added to everything. The the weather was like the cherry on top to what was the perfect day, the perfect storm, quite literally, to make it that great day of Michigan beating Ohio State. You know, uh, Justin, walk us through a little bit about your day there. I mean, you guys set up a tailgate down there where were you at were you at pioneer high school we uh we actually set up in the chrysler parking ah. lot chrysler arena parking lot that's not a bad spot to be in you know the pre-game atmosphere you know we all are wolverine fans and there's always big time nerves going into that ohio state game especially what they've done to the wolverines you know the last uh, 20 years basically what was the feeling before the game Yeah, you know, there's always a bit of a buzz in the air when Ohio State comes to town, even Michigan State, but definitely Ohio State too. Um, But on Saturday, it was even more of a buzz. It was Everyone was kind of feeling rushed, I think, because it's that noon game. And, you know, we had a ton of people at our tailgate. Everyone's having a blast, but... Everyone, nobody was like loose, and you know there were tailgates this year where everyone's kind of just there to party. 
people were very obviously there for the game. And so we yeah. were having a great time, you know, playing some games, uh, getting some drinks down. But the, the tailgate wrapped up about as early as I've ever wrapped it up to make sure that we could all get into the game uh, on, on Saturday. And so it was, it was awesome, but it, it really was like everyone was just kind of uptight a little bit because you felt this confidence a little bit, but I don't know why I was confident, you know, all that stuff. It was that weird feeling, and I think we were just so ready to get in there and enjoy that day and enjoy the game. What um, moment would you say the crowd exploded uh, the most during the game? Was it the Ojabo sack at the end? Was it maybe that first touchdown? What do you think it was? You know, I really think it was that last touchdown that when we went up two scores and it was, it felt like that was the nail in the coffin. That was, that felt like the moment that everybody realized, like, holy crap, this is that, this is gonna actually happen. You know, I think people were had had reserved feelings a little bit, thinking, all right, you're all right. You know, I don't know about you guys, but so I was sitting with Jack, and he kept saying. This is our year. This is our year. And I said, shut up, dude. Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Because <laughs> I, I, I was at the Spartan game. I was, I was there, and I, you know, I saw yep. the collapse, and so I didn't want to go through that again. And I think in the back of my head, I assume a lot of other people had the same feeling, but in the back of my head I'm thinking, when is it coming? When are they going to make their run? When are they going to have that big play? And it just never came. And so – that last touchdown that when Haskins punched it in, and I think they actually let Michigan score. They did, they did. Um, but when Haskins punched it in, it was like that final sigh of relief a little bit, like, holy crap, this is really going to happen. Yeah. No, I, I definitely had the same feeling that you did because when it was about two, three minutes left in the game, people, you know, my phone started blowing up a little more than it was throughout the game, like people <laughs> telling me congrats, even like some of my friends who are Ohio State fans. We're like saying, hey, hell of a win for Michigan, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't reply mm-hmm. to any of that. I was sitting there reading those texts, <laughs> and I was just like, that clock doesn't say zero yet. I, like you said, we all saw the trouble with the snap. I am not believing that until this hits zero um, yep. because, you know, we, we've seen it, you know, the story play out a, a number of times. But, so, you know, we, we've talked about the atmosphere, but one thing, like, I think we all, we all know what happens with this win. I mean, how many monkeys off of Jim Harbaugh's back – especially if they can go to Indy and win, and then if they can get a college football playoff berth. I mean, like, in your opinion, just that win over Ohio State, what does that do for the program, obviously, especially if they can win the Big Ten Championship on Saturday? You know, first and foremost, I think the recruiting should really take off. I think, you know, you think back to the 2016 game, and if that game goes differently – the recruiting spikes like crazy, right? So I don't think it's too late for this recruiting to spike, especially with these young coaches and new coaches, even though I'm actually in the belief that some of them are about to get hired away, possibly, depending on how the rest of this year shakes out. But I think recruiting first and foremost can take off. Uh, the other part, I think, is just these young guys. Look, look at the, the young guys that are on this team ready to take the next step. Donovan Edwards, J.J. McCarthy, Rod Moore, you know, those, these guys that are part of it right now that are going to set the standard for the next four years for Michigan football. 
Think about what they're learning right now under Aiden Hutchinson, under David Ajabo, under Daxton Hill, Brad Hawkins, Andrew Vistardis. Those guys are now setting the precedent that, hey, this can happen. This isn't some, you know, behemoth that we can't possibly overcome. We can go out there and do this. And so I think that with the talent they're bringing in, but also the mental attitude, I think that is really going to propel this program into the next level. And then the cherry on top is Jim Harbaugh believing in himself that he can do it, right? There has to have been doubts in Jim Harbaugh's mind saying, can we really do this? Can I do it? Should I hang it up? Should I go somewhere else and try and get it done, you know, for another program? So I really think that this program now, it's not going to be easy, right? They're not going to just go out and beat Ohio State every single year easily. But they know now that they can win at a championship level. And once you taste that, you want to get back to it as, as fast as you can. You know, it's a cliche. The monkey is off Jim Harbaugh's back right now, and they can really build on the momentum and, and continue on. they got to concentrate on the Big Ten championship now and then see what happens after that. But uh, let me ask you this question, Justin. I mean, we've been following this Michigan team all year, and we were on board pretty early on that this could be a special team. When, when did you realize that this team could be as good as they are? You know, that's a great question because I think – even after Michigan beat Wisconsin, I don't know about you guys, I still didn't know how good they were. I thought that they were special because they were more together and bought in than I had ever seen before, especially under Jim Harbaugh. But we didn't really know how good the other teams in the Big Ten were. And I was talking about this with some other people going into the MSU game. I said, I don't know how good either of these teams are. I didn't know if Michigan State was good. I didn't know if Michigan was good. Even after that game, I thought Michigan was the better team. So who's really good in this situation? And so, honestly, I didn't know throughout the whole year if they were, you know, just getting it done week by week or if they were an actual legit team. And so, to be very honest with you, I think Saturday was the day that I was like, wow, this team is serious a serious contender on the national level. i got to ask you this. I mean, this is the biggest thing for all Michigan fans, I think, in the last 10 years has been this Harbaugh dilemma. You know, leading up to this game, we were, we've all, a lot of people were saying, you know, we were glad we kept him, we love Harbaugh, we want Harbaugh. Who would we get that's better? Where, one, where did you stand on Harbaugh heading into this season and ultimately into this game, and how vindicated do you feel with him finally pulling through? Yeah, I I was on the same train as you guys where it sounds like where, you know, listen, my cousin was out there playing for Rich Rod and Brady Hoke. I was at 99% of those games. I watched bad football be played under those guys. The last thing I wanted to do was a situation like that. And I, I think we've seen a lot of other programs go that direction as well. You see where Texas is at right now. You know, you see even... Obviously, LSU just somehow got Brian Kelly, which was out of nowhere as well, but they've gone in the dumps after winning a national title two years ago, right? So I, I think that I was in the same boat where it was like, you know what? Jim Harbaugh hasn't gotten over this hump, but up until Saturday, nobody was beating Ohio State. 
right? And so you couldn't just grade him on that. I was very frustrated with him losing some certain games to Michigan State and some others where I thought that they weren't prepared. But I still think you had to look at it in the fact of what's he doing overall? He's getting them to 10 wins. Uh, he's doing a lot of good things for this team and, and the, for the program. And so I am so happy that Ward Manuel did stick with it. And now it's like, I, I, want, I don't know how inappropriate I can be on here, but I want Jim Harbaugh to go on Paul Feinbaum or any <laughs> national broadcast and tell him to shove it up somewhere and say, hey, nobody <laughs> believes in me except for a, a select few here in the, in the state of Michigan. And here we are. We're about to play for a Big Ten title. Let's go get it. Let's go get it indeed, and let's hope no letdown. We, we talked about it before you came on. They can have their letdown today, but now all eyes got to be focused on Iowa coming up. And I think, I, I think it's an advantage that they're not playing Wisconsin because they haven't played Iowa. So, you know, it's a brand-new opponent. They can prepare like it's an opponent, next one on your schedule, and, and let's go get it done. But I got one final question for you, Justin. Um, I'm the old guy. The other two guys know where I stand on this, and maybe it's not fair to bring it up here so close to that game on Saturday, but did we finally put to rest that, yeah, Michigan State's a huge rival, but Ohio State is the team you got to beat? <laughs> I, I definitely think so. I, I think that Michigan State is going to be there now, and that is nowadays a big rivalry for Michigan, but on Saturday, it was very obvious who Michigan fans really, really, really care about, right? They Absolutely. want to beat that team down south that badly, right? I'm, I'm not, I don't like the whole little brother thing for Michigan State because I think nope. it triggers them. It sparks that disrespect factor that they love to feed off of. And so I think that Michigan State is still a great program in that game needs to mean a lot to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh because he's going to have to win that game in order to win the conference 90% of the years. But I think you're dang right there that this program is based off of the rivalry with Ohio State. It's been like that ever since the birth of the program, right? And yeah. so the reason for the failures, if you want to call them that, in the past two decades, decade and a half, was because they weren't able to beat Ohio State. If you're able to win that game, you can keep your job. You can go win championships. It's that pivotal piece of the season that everybody looks forward to each year, and it's the main factor on if the season is successful or not. All right, Justin Rowe, we appreciate the time, man. Uh, I mean, we could talk all night long about the game and, and the future here for Michigan football, but uh, if, they want, if our fans want to listen to more, uh, they can tune into your great podcast and what you guys got going on. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can catch up with you and the boys? Yeah, so you can uh, follow us at BlueBy90 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are also on the Maze and Brew YouTube, uh, so check us out there. And we just moved to Maize and Brew for all of our podcasts as well. So search us on the Maize and Brew. You can find us there at Blue by 90. Um, we're going to have some good guests here this week, hopefully some current players and maybe some former players on as well uh, to talk about uh, what that Michigan win uh, meant 
and how it felt when it, back in 2011, how it feels uh, now and, and compare it all. All right, all we can say now, signing off, Justin, is go blue, baby. Go blue. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. All right, guys, next up, we'll have uh, a short entertainment and wrap this thing up. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesonine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. All right, guys, real quickly, you know, we're going to talk about Chi-Town in just a second, but I got to briefly talk about the Beatles documentary, Get Back. It was, you know, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's not for everybody. It's probably people in my generation that are just Beatles fanatics would love it. I think you guys would like it, but it is a bit long. But it, the, the thing that's fascinating, it's, it's like over eight hours long in three parts. But the thing that's fascinating, they actually have actual video of these guys sitting, the four of them, and writing songs like Get Back. It's just phenomenal how Paul McCartney was just strumming his guitar and just kind of singing, you know, nonsensical words till he got it figured out. I mean, and there was all kinds of different backstories of what was going on with the Beatles. So on a on a three-point podcast, you know, ranking of three being the highest, it's 2.9. It'd be a three if it was maybe edited a little bit more, but it's just an just a fascinating look at went on with the Beatles guys. Definitely recommend watching it. No, I, I definitely think fascinating is the word. And I, I think it's one of those things we've talked about with music. Like if you just appreciate music in general, you, you know what the Beatles are all about. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, yeah, maybe eight hours. I don't know if I'm going to sit through eight hours, but right. Seeing those legendary musicians like writing music and doing that kind of stuff. It would be really cool to see. Definitely is, you know, and uh, of course, uh, Shy Town not quite on the same level as the Beatles, but <laughs> but there was a little Beatle mania or Shy Town mania going on Saturday night at Rivals. You know, I I got together with the boys and uh, you know did a few minutes with them, and it starts out with Rivals owner Jamie Youngston, and then I talk with the band Casey Smith, Troy Napier, Glenn Nation, Brett Whisker, and Jeff Vandemark, and. Just take a little listen. It's about four minutes long. Gives you a little bit of an atmosphere of what went on at Rivals after, you know, the Michigan game there Saturday. And Rivals is a sports bar, so they have big screen TVs all over the place. They had a jammed house for the Michigan game. Not quite as many for Michigan State, but still a big game for Michigan State. And then wrapped up with uh, with uh, Chi-Town there at Rivals. So take a listen. Hey! three-point podcast i'm here with the owner jamie jamie what do you think about this night this is awesome this is awesome it was a great win for michigan today but uh and we have shy town tonight loving having them we get them once a year it's a uh limited uh limited edition uh, night so we uh we always uh, look forward to this I'll tell you what, great crowd, the band sounded really good. Let's get the drummer first of all here. You know, 
this entertainment segment, you know, it's like Beatles Mania with Get Back, the documentary, but it's like Chi-Town Mania. Casey, what do you think about Rivals out here? Uh, this is my first time playing Rivals with the band. It is everything it was hyped up to be. It's been awesome. The crowd is really into it. Uh, we've been looking forward to this show for a while, and they are showing out for us, so we, we appreciate all the love that we're getting here in Corona Night Rivals. Of course, Casey, one of the youngsters. we got Glenn, one of the veterans. Glenn, sounding great as always. I want to ask you... You know, we're kind of coming toward the end of the season. It's been quite a run for Chi-Town this year. Some of the right. highlights. Well, I tell you, uh, there were so many, a lot of them, a lot of them out there. I, I'd, I'd like to think uh, Fourth July and Bay City was off the hook the whole weekend. Um, played a big country fest at the end of the season this year, and always a great time there. Well, I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed the one at Frank and with the Troy, another veteran here, Troy Napier. Uh, it's been a fun season. How's this stack up? You know, you, you've been around the block a few times. How is it playing with these boys? Oh, we're having a blast. Uh, like he said, Country Fest, that's a couple thousand people there. It's a good time. You can't, can't beat that. Of course, the uh, guitarist supreme here, Brett Whisker. Uh, you know, one of the young bucks. Uh, it's just been fun this whole season for you, hasn't it? Yeah, so... At the end of the season, we always typically end up at Rivals, and it's always one to look forward to, especially, you know, Troy being from Corona, Casey now being from Corona, so everybody's family, friends, the whole town, man, it's pretty cool. You know, we'll keep it with the young bucks here for just a second. Casey, uh, Casey, yeah. you and Brett, you know, the young guys in the band, but how's it been with these veterans? How's it been just gelling here and, and going out and playing? Uh, you would never know that there is a 30-year age difference between us. They are some of the nicest guys. We all get along really well, which I think is an underrated, really important part of being in a band. Is you have to get along. You have to mesh. You can't just play well together. You have to get along together to make things work. And that is one thing that definitely all five of us in the band, really, we really mesh together, which is nice. Well, the Three Point Podcast official band, and we've got to talk to all of them. And Jeff Vandemark, Jeff, it's been a great, great season. You know, we, we watched you in your first gig earlier this year. Saw you about six times this, this whole campaign. How's this stacked up in your musical career, you know, just the fun you've had? I, I tell you what, I, I've been doing this since 1986, and I've never had the momentum. We've never had the momentum. My, myself, personally, have never done so many big shows, and it's just been it's been so great. It, how come it's hitting when I'm old? Well, we get to appreciate it more, you know. We're here at Rivals tonight. I mean, I can't tell you how happy I am because I'm a huge Michigan fan. So we got to start the day off right, Michigan State won, and now we're wrapping it up with uh, with you guys, Chi-Town out here. Just a, a final comment or two on I know you had a few surprises tonight, too. Surprises. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got some new material brought out tonight. Um, Played a couple of them already, and feeling good about it, and just happy to be out with all of our friends and family. I really don't know what to do with my hands. I, uh, well, I'll tell you what, you guys are awesome. We really appreciate the time, and, uh, you know, we love you on Three Point Podcast, so keep it up. I appreciate it. I'm a fan. All right. All right, that was a lot of fun, fellas. A little longer podcast than normal, but we had a lot to get into on that Michigan game. Any final thoughts before we wrap this thing up? Well, I guess one one thing I would say after listening to that interview and and knowing how uh, you were you were feeling, I mean we all were. I'm not not singling you out. We were all feeling great after that Michigan game. I hope I hope the Michigan players had had a good time on Saturday night. You know, like you did at Rivals on Saturday <laughs> night watching Chi Town. I did. Then yeah, like we've said, and like our guest Justin said, hopefully by Sunday afternoon or whatever they were kind of refocused and saying, hey we can still go out there and win the Big Ten Championship. So hopefully they didn't have as much fun as you did at Rivals. 
and they're ready to go on Saturday. Yeah, I got to believe they will. I mean, I, again, let's just go right back real quick to Jim Harbaugh. I don't, I don't think he will allow it. I think the and on top of that, we've talked about it quite a bit, and we're dead on with our comments about the players on this team. They have bought into the whole the team, the team, the team, and I think they're going to be focused, and I think they're going to be ready to go. I hope so, but hey, let's just not even worry about that until Saturday. Just enjoy. Just enjoy the moment, really. I mean, enjoy all the talk this week. Enjoy the, the college football podcast. Enjoy the college football rankings coming out on Tuesday and then talking about Michigan. Just stay in the moment. Stay in the moment. We worry about the next game on Saturday. That's the player's job. That's not our job as fans. So just enjoy everything about this win. Well, uh, and then we'll worry about Iowa come Saturday. Well said, young man. Well sure. said. Real quick, though, along those lines, like I, I'm definitely right with you, Jared. we got to soak this all in. But is, it, is there a little side to you that it's kind of crazy? Like, I don't know if it's a surreal feeling or what, but, like, seeing these promos for Big Ten Championship or even, like, seeing tweets and, you know, stuff on social media or whatever, Big Ten Championship, and seeing Michigan's logo in there, it's almost like I have to, like, pinch myself. It's almost like... I don't believe it just because Michigan's never played in the Big Ten Championship. I don't know if you guys are getting that same feeling, but it's almost like kind of crazy to think Saturday I'm going to be watching Michigan in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah, it's surreal. I mean, I, and I, I'm not. I, I guess I'm glad that it's a night game because what better thing to do on a Saturday night coming off, you know, uh, Alabama, Georgia. You know, that's the JV game. <laughs> so we <laughs> we got Michigan, Iowa. Saturday night, Fox. It's going to be awesome. It's just going to be incredible, and I can't wait. Oh, it's just, it's it's a it's a great game every year for the TV buildup and the Lucas Oil Stadium. Everything about it rocks. Now we get to actually uh, enjoy it for ourselves. So I'm just looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Either anybody thought about it at all going to that game in person? You're the one that would have done it if anyone would have. I'm surprised you're not thinking about it. Yeah, well, I, I just looked on StubHub today, and you know, 250 for a single ticket. I a little salty for me at this point when I can just sit back on my easy chair and watch it Saturday night and yell at the TV. If your uh, daughter still live there, you're probably 100 percent going, aren't you? <laughs> Never know. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's a that's a wrap fellas everybody out there listening follow us at three point pod make sure you let our partners know you listen in and enjoy the show they include advanced elevator the als association jj's excavating and tree service kendall drugs and corona rivals tap house and grill nelson house funeral home sheridan auction service success group mortgage and servicing and z92.5 the castle we want to thank again justin rowe of Blue by 90 for joining us and help break down the game. Don't forget we got High School Hoops live on Z92.5 starting December 10th as Hazlitt travels to St. John's to take on the Red Wings. Go to our Z92.5 website for the entire season schedule. Until next time, for Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody, and go Blue! Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. 
SoundCloud, or any of the other Bid Podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now. 